So welcome to this webinar, which is storytelling in marketing. Now, this is a topic that I've been asked for quite a number of times uh, by various people going through various courses and studying and uh, learning the art of content marketing. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a host of different um, techniques. I've got three very, very specific techniques and tips that I'm going to share with you towards the end of this talk. Um, and hopefully these will be very useful for you uh, if you're creating content for marketing, communications, or promotions. And what we're going to do is we're going to learn here from best practice across a number of different industries. And this is where I always find it really interesting because we could just do content creation and just leave it at that and say, hey, there's content creation, we're marketers. But there's an awful lot we can learn from Hollywood. For example, when you see a very successful scriptwriter creating stories uh, to market to you, uh, the flow through a particular movie. Uh, we also see best-selling authors, uh, particularly those in fiction, but it also applies to non-fiction as well, uh, using the art of storytelling to build intrigue, to hook you into the story, uh, to get you really to commit to it and engage, and then leave you with something a little bit special at the end. So best-selling authors are doing this as well. So as we go through this session, I'm going to draw your attention, hopefully, to some things that you can go away and look at in a bit more detail. Obviously, this is in the art of storytelling, which is a huge topic, absolutely huge topic. This is very much dipping our toes in the water. So what I'd like to do uh, is really give you a sense of things that you can go away and explore um, to your heart's content uh, and in your own time. Some of the areas where it is very, very worthwhile spending a little bit of time because if you choose not to do this or if you ignore the art of narration, telling a story, in your communications and your marketing, there is a very, very strong danger that you sound and communicate like everybody else in your sector. And clearly that isn't necessarily the best way of doing things. So what we're looking for here is a way of differentiating. And there are lots and lots of quotes. When you just search for, give me some quotes for the art of narration or the art of storytelling. There's a host of people and a host of research that has been done on this topic. So this isn't Neil making this up. This is very much about, you know, people who have gone before us learning the art of telling effective stories to encourage behavior change or to stimulate you to engage or to build a relationship. So all of those things that we try and do in marketing and communication. And the purpose of a storyteller is not to tell you how to think, but to give you questions to think upon. That's a quote from Brandon Sanderson. And what Brandon's basically saying to us, this isn't you when you tell stories, just explaining something and saying, right, there's one way to do this, but encouraging the reader or the person experiencing your story to begin to question it, maybe begin to critique it, maybe to look a little bit deeper into the topic that you're discussing as part of your story. And of course, this is really embracing <clears throat> the power of fundamental human connection or conversation, really. So storytelling and the art of narration is all about the dialogue rather than the monologue. A lot of people, when they're doing marketing particularly, uh, fall into the trap of monologue. So they tell the story from their perspective. They tell it in one way. They kind of encourage you to do one thing in one flavor or one tone of voice, or they tell you stuff, they promote stuff. 
That is not storytelling. This is what we're looking at here, is this art of actually helping others to enter into a conversation with you. So that's either through sharing words or sharing thoughts or just being part of the energy that you're sharing with them. They're giving back to you some kind of response or feedback. And it is about also understanding that it isn't just the words, it's visuals that support those words. And we'll look into this as we go through this. And of course, there is a difference between visual storytelling and the, you know, the, the context or the contextual use of words in your storytelling. And of course, if you can combine those two things really effectively, then you stand a chance of, of telling some very, very powerful stories. Uh, there's a lovely quote here which says stories are a communal currency of humanity and to be honest we've been using this kind of approach of communication be it for marketing purposes or for entertainment or for education we've been using the use of stories throughout the millennia so for thousands of years this has been a process that humans have used to communicate things um, our, our brains, in, in essence, really have evolved and are adapted and are wired for storytelling, for narrative, for telling a, a journey, if you like, of experience. So experience others have had. They might be customers or they might be colleagues or they might be friends or family or people who are, are well known. You know, the art of storytelling can be so, so impactful if we can master it and learn how to navigate it. And of course, themselves, if you're telling a story through words or through communication like this, as I'm talking to you here now, it can enhance the impact of visuals. Visuals themselves tell stories. We know that through effective advertising through the ages. But also then if you can back that up with a really powerful story, you start to put a context around that image. And a lot of people within art and creativity kind of sectors also use the power of um, interpretation. So they will give you the backstory to the piece of artwork, for example. So what you need to do is be thinking, how can I use storytelling to make my visuals, my products, my services and the kind of things I want to communicate more engaging and really importantly, from a marketer's perspective, more memorable. And interestingly, as part of this wiring of our brains, which are wired for narrative subconsciously, we are wired to hear and to pick up on stories the fact that if you then communicate those stories, they become more embedded within the audience's psyche, within the audience's memory, means that they can be retained. And this is, of course, used in the art of advertising for, you know, just the principle that you need to see an advertisement on a number of times, on a number of bases before you'll actually both remember it, but also then act upon it. So there is an art of repetition that comes into play here. And we'll see that when we start to look into some of the techniques here. So the art of um, storytelling really is beyond aesthetics. You know, art itself and communication is not what you see, but what you make others see. In other words, what we're doing here is we're saying, yeah, you've got to be on brand. You've got to be using the right colors and fonts and the right kind of positioning of your story. But then you can take that and you can transform that into a memorable experience that actually evokes not just thoughts, but also feelings. So effective storytelling, as we will see with the three big examples and techniques I'm going to share with you in a minute, 
is all about engaging the head, but also engaging the heart. This is what I would call mindful communication. Again, a lot of marketers, a lot of people advertising, a lot of people in agencies are going for one thing. So they're going to evoke an emotion, but then they don't necessarily through that evoking of the emotion, think about, okay, what is the call to action? What is I want that person to act upon and behave and do differently next time? Or as a result of, you know, stimulating this emotion, or the alternative is they help people to think about something, but then there isn't that emotional engagement. So they don't draw that person in through emotion, through feeling and through the heart they just figure out that I'm going to give them some facts and I'm going to assume that they're going to act upon it. So the beauty of effective narration and effective storytelling is that you engage both head and heart. And if we're able then to embed this, this art, if you like, of stories into visuals, then we stand a chance of actually getting the kinds of returns, the kind of outputs, the kind of behaviours from our audience that we're seeking. And so this is a really, really important way of looking at this. Now, we have in storytelling and really effective content creation, we have something that's called an arc. OK, and great stories happen to those who can tell them, because what happens is if you can create an arc, you will be creating the elements of a very compelling story. And the idea behind the arc is if you can imagine you think about a, a, an arch or something that is an arc, a rainbow, that kind of arch way of kind of, you know, uh, sort of positioning either of a line or of a hillside or something that is an arc shape. What actually happens is you begin on one side of that arc. Well, as you traverse up that arc, be it a rainbow or a hillside or something like that, you start to exert energy. So what you're doing is you're actually starting to build attention. So if you can kind of use this as a bit of an analogy, if you like, for story writing, what you're doing is you're building a little bit of tension as you start the journey through the story. You're building it, you're building it, you're building it until you actually reach that kind of intrigue point right at the top of the hillside or right at the top of the arc or right at the top of the rainbow, that peak, if you like, where it's like, oh, come on then and tell me what happens. And then you can help people then down the other side with, okay, well, this is what happened and this is the outcome and this is the great thing. And then when they get to the bottom of the arc on the other side, they can rest into, okay, well, I'd like some of that. Click the button for more. Click the button to buy. Click the button to engage. So this kind of arc approach is a very, very well proven, very, very well established form of generating energy within your storytelling. So if you can master the art of delivering a climactic finish that sticks with the audience, that is the thing that's going to be memorable. And then taking them over the edge of this arc into and I can have that too. This is what we're talking about. So just in basic principles, what we're doing here is building intrigue and giving an incredible conclusion and then providing a call to action that makes the use of that engagement of both head and heart to take them to the next stage in the journey. So it is actually, in essence, the art of storytelling, the art of narration, actually a very, very simple, fundamentally simple thing but so, so easy to get wrong, or so, so easy to miss the little nuances which can make this thing really powerful. So how can we make it more powerful? 
Well, we can start by actually understanding that there are many, many examples of how you can do this. Um, there's, a, there's a lovely phrase that, um, or lovely quote rather, that says the universe is made of stories, not of atoms. As I say, we've been doing this for centuries, if not millennia. And there are many, many ways of actually telling a story through from a very, very simple example of, oh, well, when I did this, this happened all the way through to a much longer, much more protracted story that takes you on a journey, a much deeper journey that may have many, in, you know, sort of integral components of it. So it can be quite complex, quite complicated, quite detailed, or it can be a very, very simple one. So my tip here would be to kind of have a look at some uh, really, really artful storytellers. Look in your own industry. Maybe there are people in your organization who, you know, are just very, very good storytellers. And just think and experience the way they tell stories. What is it about the way that they tell a story that actually resonates with you? So being observant of other good people who are good at storytelling, you this might be you, you might be a very, very artful, creative storyteller. You just know intuitively how to build the intrigue, how to give that climactic finish and then how to ease people into the call to action. Or you might not. And if you don't, then think maybe even of um, storytellers who use this for entertainment, maybe in humour. So if you think about a really effective comedian, what is it they do? They take you on many, many stories. You know, a stand up comedian, for example, has mastered the art of narration if they're a good comedian, because they will just draw you in with the mystique and the intrigue of the, uh, the initial part of the journey of the joke, and they'll build it through to the punch line and then they'll ease off either into the next part of the joke or they'll ease into another one linking seamlessly stories together so you can draw a lot of inspiration and really look around and really sense the you know the, the strong storytellers around you in your world and if you start doing that you'll spot these and you'll it's almost like once you've opened this box you can't not see good effective storytellers and you'll see them on the television you'll see them in movies you'll see them in stand up on stage and you'll see them in the people that you know around you and probably intuitively you will know a few good people they might be family members or friends that you have and just when they next start to tell a story just think okay I can now see they're building that arc of experience here for me so what are the things that they do what is their timing what are the kind of moments where you can see all oh, the audiences may be waning a little bit they're kind of losing the audience ah now they've just brought them back in one who is an incredible storyteller is Billy Connolly. If you look in or listen to some of Billy Connolly's work, he will actually take people on that kind of uh, that joke or that comedy arc. But he will go off at a tangent 90 degrees and then he'll come back from being off piste for a while back into that original journey. So some people have really mastered the art of taking you on a journey. Um, and he's a very, very good example of doing that. But many, many others um, are available to look at. And what we're looking to try and do here is we build this up into a kind of a way of being and almost a really good habit of being engaging and being sort of, you know, a good storyteller is that what we're trying to do here is to become a little bit more interactive, if you like, because there's an opportunity here to not only 
kind of engage in exercises that will help develop your own storytelling skills, but allow yourself to allow people into the story, allow them to, you know, engage with you within the actual storytelling that you do. So the next time you're in a team meeting, for example, maybe you're asked to uh, solve a problem or a particular challenge, or maybe you're producing a report. It is that time of the month and that time of the year where, you know, a lot of us are producing reports about how our marketing has been going or how the business is doing. And if we're tasked with that, we have a choice. Maybe one of the choices is to simply present the data and maybe we do a little bit of an evaluation, but that's it. There is an opportunity here to start to tell some stories. How did that data arrive? What, should, what actually happened when we were you know, collating that data? What could we see as part of the journey of getting insights? What actually was behind that data? Tell me a story about the way the data was both produced but also collected. And how did we evaluate the insights that we gathered? We were drawing conclusions, but what were we basing those conclusions on? Tell me a story. And you will find if you start to bring a context, because that's really what we're doing. Once we get a context around that data and those insights, and we learn the art of actually telling the story that's behind them, we will find that we'll get a lot more engagement. More people in the audience will start to ask questions. And of course, then we can see much more collaboration. We can learn from the feedback we get. Maybe there's certain types of information that is you know, more impactful, more you know, resonating with the audience in certain ways that we deliver it or at certain points in the journey, that arc of the story, as we're calling it that enables us to really learn. Maybe there's certain points where we get a little ripple of applause or a little bit of you know, amusement coming back to us from the audience. And again, what can we learn from that? So what we're doing here is we're hitting in that arc of experience, we're starting to hit certain points of the journey and maybe a slightly different style. And of course, storytelling is about pacing things. You're not gonna be going at the same pace through the journey. Sometimes you might need as part of your storytelling to allow the audience to just pause and reflect. And we might want to just use the art of silence in the journey just to allow a point to embed more fully. Somebody who tells incredible stories is a great orator and narrator is Barack Obama. If you listen to Barack Obama, either in an interview or in a speech or some kind of address that he does, he will tell stories. But he also, in those stories, uses the art of the silence. It's a really confident pause that allows the audience, whether it's you know live in front of a camera or live in front of an actual audience, it allows them to almost take on the story and just embed it before he moves on to the next piece. And that could be a pause of a millisecond or a, even a, a second or two. So he will pace it really effectively. So you've got to be thinking about different formats and different styles, different audiences, different ways of delivering the story at different paces, depending on where the audience is and where you are on the arc of that journey. So there's a lot of things to consider, a lot of things to research, a lot of things to look at. And of course, if you do have the backup, 
of you know those visuals that we were talking about and and bridging this kind of visuals and emotions and actually not just telling a story through words but using the art of timing using the art of humor the art of education bringing some visuals into play making sure you're getting an emotional engagement as well as a a thoughtful engagement then You'll be working to one of the great writers, one of the great literary thinkers of all time, Maya Angelou, who said people will forget what you said, but people will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. So they'll forget what you said and what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. So learning to connect each of these points with the emotional journey of the audience is key. And I mentioned right at the start of this, the importance of you know, paying real attention to how Hollywood does this. You know, Hollywood is a multi-billion dollar industry in all its senses. And you just think how successfully that has been for 120, 130 odd years, how successful it's been. And it is all based on the building of an emotional journey with the audience, whether through the use of words, whether through the use of music, definitely through timing, yes, of a consistent journey of the story arc through a particular movie or a particular uh, creative piece. But it's all based to, on creating a lasting emotional impact. I mean, again, think about if you uh, sort of think about maybe your favorite film or the favorite movie that you've seen this year, um, just think about the story there. It wasn't necessarily just you don't find it your favorite just because factually it was correct or just because it had, you know, the best visuals. I mean, for me, if I think over the last couple of years, what was the most impactful cinematic experience um, of a movie that I've had? Well, for me, it was Dune. I mean, it was just an incredible visual feast. If you see that at the cinema, it is just the most incredible cinematic piece. I mean, the timing, everything about it was just incredible. But that in itself was only part of it. It's the emotional journey of the characters in those positions that they were put into that actually builds the intrigue so that you want to see the sequel. So this is proven stuff. So think about those movies that you've really enjoyed. That emotional journey is undoubtedly going to be playing a big part. So just reflect on, OK, why is that my favourite movie? It's probably very, very likely beyond the cinematic because it made you feel something. It took you out of your everyday. It took you on a journey of emotion, a roller coaster in lots of cases. It was exciting or it was melancholy or it was reflective or it was sad. The, this is the way to tell an effective story, because those are the things that give the lasting emotional impact. And those are the things will, that bridge the gap between what is seen and what is felt, because you could have the most incredible visual treat or a feast of words, you know, the very, very best acting. But if it doesn't make you feel anything, you'll forget it very, very quickly. And of course, all of these things apply not only to Hollywood, but also in our marketing as well. And what we're doing here is really we're giving a meaning to the data. We're giving a meaning to the nuts and bolts or the ones and zeros of the, the, the stuff that we're sharing. We're giving a context here and that gives a meaning to those things. It allows us to put the, the narrative that we're sort of experiencing into some sort of broader world or some sort of broader sort of mix, if you like. 
So we need to be tailoring the stories to fit the context of our visuals and vice versa. So we can use that context to make our stories more relatable and more impactful. So the role of context in storytelling within marketing often introduces the word or reminds us, if we haven't done it already, of the word or the words customer persona, because the context is all about revisiting our target customer persona. So the audience here and actually looking at this, taking a real kind of 180 degree view of our stories, our marketing, our communications, our advertising, our blogs, our everything that we communicate and a 180 degree switch around and looking back in to what we're producing from the perspective of the audience, the perspective of the customer persona. And of course, their context, they're trying to see what we're doing within the context of their life. They are going to view this through their own lens. There's a load of psychology that goes on in this, and it'd be a bit too deep for this session to go into, but there's a lot of psychology that goes on behind this whole art of, you know, identification of you know, messages and visuals and stories from the outside world and how we then interpret them. Because if you're listening or watching to this, you will be listening and watching to this from a completely different paradigm than mine, sharing it with you and to the next person who's watching this or listening to this alongside you. And it is because of what experiences you've had in your world before. It will be because of the kind of lens that you're looking or listening to this from and also your mindset and also how you're feeling right now and how your life is going and how your work is going. We're all looking at this through slightly different lenses. So the art of really effective storytelling, particularly within marketing, is going to be taking the customer's viewpoint because then we can use that context to make our storytelling much more relatable, much more impactful, because we can solve their specific needs and challenges and the things that are going on in their world. So there are many flavors of this. It isn't just what we want to say. It's also what we want and what the customer wants to hear. That's a really key thing. And by really understanding that, it brings in another little tip that you can use here within effective storytelling, which is the power of metaphors and symbols. Now, a metaphor is a way of our um, is, is a way of thought um, and our way of relating and interpreting the world around us. In other words, it's about storytelling within the story. So it's about using metaphors and symbols to add depth to the stories. Um, symbolism, for example, creating a layer of meaning within the story. And if you can use metaphors, particularly when the ideas or the storytelling is quite complex or there's a lot of data involved, again, particularly going back to this whole thing about, you know, your reporting. If you can use storytelling or metaphors to bring a, um, a sort of a simplicity to maybe a complex idea, then it allows people to kind of settle into, oh, OK, well, I get it now. Now I understand it because you've used a metaphor that kind of brings my world into play within the story that I'm hearing or seeing. So it kind of allows you to cut through that kind of complexity or cut through the noise. So people within social media, for example, often use metaphors and symbols to align their audience with the message they're trying to uh, portray. 
So again, you can use that as a little bit of research uh, after this session to go away and sort of see what would good metaphors be in marketing within my sector and actually look at some of your competitors as well and see if they're using these kinds of things to help tell their stories. Not that you can then shamelessly steal what they're doing, but it might just stimulate a few ideas of things that you could do. And of course, as part of all of this, but just before we get into the three uh, big techniques that I want to share with you, as part of all of this, what we're looking to do here, um, and particularly if we're looking at socials, and I know a lot of you uh, listening and watching this will be thinking, well, OK, it's all very well, but really, Neil, what you're doing is you're talking about the written word. And actually, a lot of what I do is very visual because I do design work or I produce you know, visual content, for example, um, and I'm doing kind of stories and I'm doing reels, short form video. So I kind of need some form of visual storytelling. Does this follow the same kind of line of thought? Are these tips and techniques the same? Well, the answer is yes, absolutely yes. I mean, here's a, a great quote again, visual storytelling of one kind or another has been around since cavemen were drawing on the walls. It is there, it is expected, and your customer is waiting for you to do it. So from a marketing perspective, the art of visual storing, storytelling, and particularly through things in marketing like infographics. This is why infographics for the last decade have been so popular, because they tell a story. They allow you without you know, bogging people down in having to read long, lengthy reports. They allow people to take snippets of information. And particularly if you can use metaphors, analogies, little bits of little clips of um, case studies or testimonials or the impact of somebody um, using your products and services, you know, what impact did they have on the brand and all the work that they were doing or the kind of experience that they got from those and putting that into some kind of infographic. Again, if you're not really familiar with the term infographic, do some research on that infographics in my sector. You know, you could search that and, and see what kind of things people are already doing. Because exploring different techniques of visual storytelling allows you to have some sort of variety as well, because then you can become unpredictable. The last thing in storytelling you want to do is kind of just be reinventing the same story because that will make you very predictable. So use this art of visual storytelling to open up opportunities for, you know, different different narratives through different imagery and different design styles and different channels uh, for different things that you need to do. So infographics is one. Uh, memes is another become very, very popular in recent years. So, you know, little snapshot bite sized chunks of information going out inside or embedded on or as part of an image to visually tell the story, but back backed up with words. Again, we've been doing this stuff for quite some time, but the art of a really effective storytelling is figuring out for an emotional connection with the message that's going out there. What am I trying to achieve? And is this the best channel? Is this the best medium through which to convey the message? Because if I can balance these things, balance the visual elements and the story that happens, if I can do that, then I'm very likely to get the best effect and the best outcomes. 
And of course, the emotion, as we already know, is the fast lane to the brain. So really understanding where am I going to put my emotional triggers in my stories? Remember the arc? We're going to see it again in just a minute. A few examples um, used by best-selling authors and Hollywood. So stay tuned for that one. It's coming very, very soon. But I just wanted to remind you the fact that here we're looking at timing. As we say, within comedy and within humor, timing is the essence and the art of good good comedy and good storytelling within a joke. So it will apply in scientific sense. It will apply again here in maybe more serious uh, terms for educating your customer, informing your customer, maybe launching a new product or service to your customer. We're looking to evoke emotion throughout the journey, but peaking at certain times. We don't want our customer to be in a heightened state of alert, feeling quite maybe anxious or stressed throughout the story. We need to guide them, let them relax, make their interest peak, let them relax, maybe get them to a crescendo of excitement and then make them relax. So again, much like it is when you go through a movie, that's why there are quieter scenes. That's why it builds to the race or the chase or the big kind of you know explosions and everything in action movies. But then you'll get a quieter scene, allowing you as an audience to just kind of settle down into it. This stuff is not done in such a consistent way by accident. It's done because as human beings, we know it works. This is what we are more aligned with. It's what we're more programmed to hear. It's what actually works best for us. So what we're looking to do here is to try to get to a point where we're very kind of able, if you like, to be able to find the narrative, find the story, engage with the timing, build the arc through the three techniques that I'm just about to share with you so that we can actually get our customer to an end point where well, the only action they would want to do is to click the button or is to recommend to a friend, or is to sign up here, or is to impart their credit card details into the box and press buy. Whatever the call to action you want them to do, that is going to be the natural endpoint of the story that you're going to be telling. So let's get into the three key narrative techniques, the three key storytelling uh, techniques. Now, again, as I say, you can go away and you can look these up and get some uh, various kind of templates and models. If you look up these uh, three techniques, you will find there are lots of uh, templates and kind of formats that you can put your stories into. I just want to highlight these and the benefits of each of the three to you now. So the first one that we're going to talk about is the hero's journey. Okay, now this is one where the hero's journey, it is a narrative framework, so it is a storytelling framework, but it outlines a hero's adventure and transformation. Now, from a marketing perspective, think case study here. Okay, so a lot of us do case studies about, you know, happy clients or happy customers that we want to then share with other customers to get them and encourage them to buy products and services. So it's a great example here. But the hero's journey is a very, very clear structure that includes some stages. It's the call to the adventure. In other words, there's a problem to solve. There's a challenge. And so it builds up in the first stage of the story, um, getting to know the, the particular hero, getting to understand you know, their pain, getting to get them to a point where, oh my goodness, this world that this um, adventurer, if you like, um, is experiencing our hero, it's just got too much. And so you kind of meet this threshold where 
it was just too just too much it just overtook so either the village was you know bombarded by zombies or it was just they were working in a you know particular area and it just got too much you know the boss was putting all the work onto them and they were just about to go into meltdown or whatever it was we see this in the movies a lot and then what we do is we meet the mentor we meet the person or the entity or the um, the kind of the, the custodian of the solution, as it were. And we kind of get to know that there's, oh, there's, there's there's allies or this person's actually got somebody who can help them. And again, think of those movies that we've been sort of exploring as we've been thinking our way through this. You know, you often see this. Suddenly there's, you know, almost like the uh, the, the silver knight in, in shining armor comes in from kind of left stage and suddenly starts to be, all oh, right, OK, so I can see there's a potential solution. And then what happens is the um, the ordeal kind of resurrects itself and you kind of you're getting the battle. Uh, you're getting the kind of the death of the mentor. Oh my goodness, it's all going to go disastrously wrong. The hero knows the answer, but they don't seem to be able to get through. And then the road back, everything then seems OK. You know, the clouds part and you know the rain stops and the, the battle stops. And oh, on the other side, there's a there's a. There's a reward. It's the ultimate reward. And then basically the hero is not only then the master of the original situation, they've learned from that, but they've also come out stronger. They've come out better. They've seen a solution then. And so from your perspective as marketing, then you can adapt this to position the customer as the hero. So as they go through this journey, and again, as I say, case studies are a really great example of the hero's journey, where you position um, the customer or the particular customer that you're doing the case study on as the hero. The brand plays the supportive role in the journey of complete disaster through just solving that disaster and coming out bigger, stronger, more successful on the other side. That can be so, so powerful for another customer or prospective client who is just like the hero in the story. So there's a really interesting sample of a particular journey. And the reason that it's very, very effective is because, again, going back to the customer persona, is if your customer can identify with this hero, it places them emotionally at the start of the journey and they can think, oh, well, I have those problems too. And oh, my goodness, can it really get that bad? It probably could. And then oh, but it's okay, because on the other side, if I use this product and service or engage with this brand, oh, great, they'll they'll guide me through it. And then, wow, they had a good outcome. I'd like some of that too, please. And so it's the feeling, not just the practicality of that case study that comes through. And so it naturally builds that connection with the brand on a much deeper level. The emotional connection is so, so key. And because this has a universal appeal, the hero's journey is this timeless pattern that will resonate across all cultures, across all types of customer that you might want to be um, engaging with. And particularly if this is a new kind of demographic or a new customer persona you're looking to attract, we know this style works across different geographies, different cultures, different marketplaces and sectors. You can be confident because it engages emotionally rather than just purely through data and numbers and statements and testimonials, you know this story engages better, then you've got a very, very good chance this is going to work for you too. So it is actually quite exciting to be able to explore and play with the hero's journey, as I say, particularly in marketing within a kind of a case study sort of approach. Now, the second of our three stories of um, the art of storytelling and key narrative techniques is the three-act structure. 
Now, this one is very much based around building an arc. So this is very much the arc rather than taking them on a bit of a, a movie style journey. Uh, this is very much the arc. It's the setup, it's the confrontation and it's the resolution. So it divides your story or your marketing piece into three parts. So the first bit is the introduction of the situation. So remember, we were saying about putting it into context. So it allows the audience to kind of, OK, I get what we're talking about. But at the same time, I get what we're not talking about. So I'm very clear now because you've put it into a context. You've used some metaphors to paint a picture for me. I kind of know what we're talking about. Here's the, the situation, the setup. And of course, if you then use technique one, then you've probably engaged with them emotionally as well. So they've bought in, they've hooked in to this part of the journey of the story. Then what you do is move to the second act, which is confrontation. So this is where on the arc, I've said you're starting to build the energy. So the pace probably increases, the tension increases, the issues and challenges become a little bit more dangerous, a little bit more risky. That would be the kind of thing that you do there. So you're rising action and you're rising it to a climax. And then you introduce act three, which is the resolution. So in marketing, you could identify this as being, you know, the structure used to present a problem, introducing your brand or your product and service as the solution, and then showcasing the successful outcome or benefit. So you could use this in a short form video. You could use this to solve problems. If you've got a Q&A section on your website, for example, you could do some short videos, um, which is how to use this product and service, but use the three act structure to build the kind of framework around how you tell the story. So rather than just, hey, this is a great product and service, um, customer, would you like to buy it? This is how you use it, which actually is all about you. What you're doing is you're allowing them to step into this role in this three-act structure to build that kind of um, context, certainly get to the point of confrontation where they're feeling, yikes, I really need to know this. And if I don't know it, I'm going to crumble. Oh, but you can solve it with me. And oh, that's how it works. Oh, that's great. So by the time they get to the end, it's like, well, I'd like this product, please press to buy. So it is quite straightforward as a concept, this arc, as we've been talking about. But the reason it's so effective is it provides a clear, logical progression, which will make your message more comprehensible and more engaging. It just works. And of course, it is very versatile. So you can do this in both long and short form content. So you could do it for long and short form content videos. You can do it for blogs. As I say, you can do it for kind of product focus or service focus pages, maybe on your website. Three act structure used on a particular product page to define and describe the product, maybe alongside downloadable PDFs for all the technical details. But this remember, is the storytelling to get somebody that far to be interested enough to download the technical PDF. Because, of course, if you just present them with the technical PDF, unless they really know what they need, they're not going to engage. But the three-act structure will get them to a point where it's both meaningful, but as we said before, also emotionally engaging. Now, one of my favorite of this three series, I like all three techniques. and I do find places to use these approaches, you know, in, in everyday kind of marketing life. But this one particularly, this option three, this Pixar storytelling formula, um, 
And it's no surprise really where this has come from. Um, it is used uh, by Pixar for um, a lot of the animated movies. Um, and it includes six sequential steps predominantly. Okay, these are the main steps, but you can add a few in. There are some optional ones. But the idea is if you think of an, a video animation or a, a movie animation, um, it, it kind of builds on a story that is very, very predictable. You do know what is coming next. And that is not a coincidence. Okay, this is done for a reason. One, because, well, over the years, we've all been trained to kind of hear stories in this way. But it is because as humans, we like to experience this kind of a flow. So basically, it's around the steps of once upon a time, there you go, context setting. Every day, okay, so there's a routine. It's like life before is just da, 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 da. one day, oh, there's a break in the routine. And because of that, oh dear, consequences. Oh dear, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, yikes, this is going to be success or failure. And because of that, and so it starts to go, and then because of that, and so, oh my goodness, the tension is rising. So there's an arc at play here. Can you feel that one coming? And then suddenly, until finally, and there's the climax. And then you see, oh, and then ever since, and since then, oh, the new routine. So can you see what's happening here? There's an introduction. There's the routine. The routine's broken. There are some consequences of that being broken by whatever reason. Then there's the, the risk associated with it. There's the nervousness, the anxiety, the stress level rises until the solution is found. And then the new routine comes into play. And so the moral of the story, which is an optional bit at the end, is if you've got a particular, again, call to action. So from Pixar's perspective, they would be putting then, here's the moral of the story. And of course, you see either the happy family or the um, the couple ride off into the sunset or, you know, the hero kind of is there to solve a problem the next day. Um, there will be a moral of the story then for most. But for you, if it's a marketing situation, what you're doing is you're putting your call to action there. So it's a beginning, the event, the middle, the climax, the end, and then this optional call to action. And I love this one. It just is the art of really, really proven storytelling. And again, you think of, you know, films like Lord of the Rings. Where does the do each of the Lord of the Rings films begin? Once upon a time. And here you are in a little hobbit house and every day and you see them going around their business. Nothing's going wrong. And then suddenly the news arrives or suddenly on the hillside or suddenly the skies go dark. And because of that. And then because of that and because of that. And then, of course, the story builds. And then suddenly the hero arrives until finally. And then, of course, the outro is always. And here they are back in their little village again, going around their hobbit houses in a happy, friendly way. And but it's it's different. Everything has changed. So either they've got the ring or something else has, has been the, the consequence of the story. And of course, the moral is then. Right. We'll see what happens next time because we've got a sequel to this one. But, you know, so, so it is so, so proven and you will definitely see this and you'll spot this. Now you've listened to this. You'll spot this the next time you watch a movie. You'll think, where am I in the Pixar storytelling formula? Oh, I'm there. And you'll notice that point where you hit the climax because it's like, oh, right. I know what's coming next. It is every single time you watch a movie.
And why is this so effective? Well, for our marketing, it's so effective because the structure is really straightforward. It makes the story, a complex story, very easy to follow and understand. So if you have got a big plot, it's a complex thing that you're trying to share and tell, then this kind of a story just helps to put it into a language that everyone will understand. And because it builds engagement and anticipation, and because you can pace it, because you can do the right pacing at the right time, build and spike the energy when you need to, and then ease it off again, you're in a controlled storyboard for your story. So when you create your storyboard, making sure that at each point here, you've got something that's relevant and relative to that point in the story, because that's what will keep the audience interested and engaged. And if you start with a common relatable situation, it makes it easier for the audience to both connect with the story, but also then with the likely outcome when they get to the far end. And that, of course, is really important because from a marketing perspective, the reason you're telling stories is to encourage behavioral change. Ultimately, you're not going to just tell stories for the sake of it unless you're a storytelling brand. But for most of us, particularly if we're in commercial world, we want the customer or the reader, the audience to do something. So getting them to the end of a story comfortably because it's relatable is the absolute key. So those are the three techniques I'd like you to go away and have a little explore with, have a little play with them. Watch out for examples of where you've seen these things. And my top five tips really for taking this forward as you as you begin or continue your journey of storytelling in marketing, the art of narration, is to embrace the power of storytelling. Play with it. It's really fun. You can have so much fun with this visually and with the written word. You know, craft compelling story arcs, plan these things out in advance, you know, bridge visuals and emotions as you kind of go through this. Think about the right kind of media, the right kind of style, the length of each section as you build this story arc. Use metaphors and symbols as and when they come in. Don't overdo it. It's like a, um, a social media post just full of emojis and, and nothing else. You know, you don't want to be do overdoing it, but use them where it adds a little bit of context. Use it where it adds a little bit more granular detail. And particularly, as we say, when you might get to a more complex part of the plot or the story. But always overarching thing is stay adaptable and innovative. As you listen and watch people's reactions to your stories, then adapt them. Change them if you like and make them much more kind of relevant uh, going forward. So, you know, the art of storytelling is you will always be on a process of, you know, continuing improvement. You will never completely master it, but you get a lot closer to it each time you do it. And as I say, be on the lookout for great examples, both in your industry with your competitors or maybe colleagues or peers. But at the same time, also look into, you know, books and stories, look into podcasts, look into the way, you know, real world class interviewers take their guests through the interview. And obviously, you know, in the, in the movies that you're going to be watching, uh, maybe over the holiday break, um, the movies that you're going to be watching, make sure that you kind of spot the way that the story is being told, because you will see all of these techniques being used, uh, hopefully successfully, not necessarily in all cases, uh, but they will be certainly appearing. And that arc, the compelling story arc is the, the framework that it kind of overarches literally all of this stuff. So start plotting, start playing, but also actively start listening to the effect that your story has on your audience.
So I wish you every success in this. Go and have some fun with it. And uh, if you want to share with me how um, these uh, storytelling uh, techniques have worked out for you, I'd love to get some feedback from all of you uh, in terms of how this has gone in the future. So connect with me uh, at Neil Wilkins X on socials and uh, let me know. So good luck and enjoy the art of storytelling.